So I've done one, two parts of uh, an episode in the yeah. Mo Show. Raha was the first one, uh, all the way back to episode three. <laughs> so since then, I haven't done a two part, uh, but it's my honor. Ah, honor is mine. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. Uh, I really appreciate you coming back. You said you're in Jeddah for a few days. You fly out tonight. So uh, I wanted to grab you <laughs> before you go. No, I'm looking forward to this. Allah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So um, yesterday when I uh, when I asked uh, you to uh, to grace me with your presence in the studio, yeah, you're, like, you're like, yep, Mo, I'm going to come in at like 2.30 because then I have a workout from 4.30 to 6.30. Yeah. It made me feel so useless that my workouts are only one hour. Well, no, because I, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Don't think, don't think that. I, I spend a good 20 minutes in the beginning warming up. Uh, so that's really part of the reason. I usually work out. Stretching. For, uh, not stretching, just active warming up. Uh, stretching maybe uh, before, uh, sorry, after. Mm -hmm. um, but um, my workout usually consists of about an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. That's still a, that's still a lot of time. It is, it is. But you know, I, I enjoy it. And that's the best thing about it. You know, when you when you get the right program, and I was I was introduced to CrossFit what four five years ago now, and you do a warm up session, and then you do a strength session, so one or two uh, types of well, two exercises, um, and then you get into the metcon. Usually, is one or two metcons. So then time flies pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah. Um, and are you doing these five days a week, six days a week? I am working on doing them three days on, one day off, two days on, one day off. But uh, I'm, I'm finding myself doing four days in a row, then one day off, then three days in a row, then one day. It, it depends on how I'm feeling. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the reasons why I picked up an injury and we spoke just before we started shooting, uh, I tore a meniscus four years ago. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't figure out why I tore a meniscus. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe I neglected legs a little bit. Um, is this something that is, uh, would you say, common for people who enter, you know, their late 30s, early 40s? Is a meniscus something that 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 tears easily, especially if you played sports at a high level? Uh, from what I, from my understanding, from what I witness, at least from some of my friends who have uh, been in the um, uh, in, in the um, athletic um, um, industry. A lot of the fast-moving um, um, exercises, not necessarily, well, maybe CrossFit, but not necessarily CrossFit, but mainly um, um, uh, football, uh, basketball, tennis. A lot of them, when you have sudden uh, stops and explosive, explosive movements, uh, you'd get a lot of neck, uh, leg pains and maybe knee pains. Um, I do see a lot of people um, neglect, not necessarily leg day, but but parts of what um, controls your your knees. So your hamstrings are really important. Sometimes you know you'd skip um, I don't know um, 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 deadlift day for squat day or something. So I think there's a lot of things that are tying into the um, to the importance of knee function that I think people overlook, um, and that's why I've been really alhamdulillah, blessed with not necessarily having any uh, knee issues just a leg issue with my accident. I love tennis for that. And I grew up on tennis. So tennis for me is, is much closer to me than paddle. I play paddle because everyone else in the world plays, well, everybody else. A lot of people play um, paddle and it's a little easier to, to adapt to, uh, rather than tennis. So I, that's why I play more paddle. It's picking up here, paddle. You know what? It's crazy. Um, Jeddah does not have a paddle court. It has one paddle court, from my understanding, in Saudi City. Saudi City. Just opened, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Riyadh has about five or six. So business uh, people, 
um, whoever you are who are opening up um, paddle tennis um, uh, courts in Riyadh, move to Jeddah. Mm. I'm serious. There's there's a huge opportunity here. Big there's demand. zero. There's none. Practically, there's none. There's one in Saudi Arabia. So it. no. I want to congratulate you. You uh, you gave me some good news about a uh, a Series C yep. that closed recently with Upside Meats. Yep. Um, tell us how that unfolded and um, and give us all the information on it. Sure. So Upside Foods um, started their Series C about a month and a half ago, um, and just before that, uh, we've been working really heavily with um, with uh, with um, with them and introducing them to a lot of amazing um, organizations here in the Middle East. So from Abu Dhabi to Dubai to to Saudi and and Qatar, um, and uh, it's been going really really well for the past I don't know few years really. But and it came into fruition when they started uh, their Series C. And it closed in record time, uh, closes the record uh, record number, so a $400 million close. Uh, we had some of the biggest, the Tamasic was in there, uh, Abu Dhabi, um, uh, and Abu Dhabi Fund was in there, Investment Fund, I believe, I forget what their names Mubadala? No, Mubadala, no, it was another uh, organization that was in there. But they, uh, they successfully closed it, and uh, we were so excited that, uh, you know, we're part of the company, we've been part of the company for a very long time, um, we're seeing the food sustainability and food um, um, uh, uh, food security being on the map here in the Middle East, and now they're putting their money literally where their mouth is uh, to to really want to invest into these companies. Uh, and uh, I've been saying it for a while. I'm, I'm so I mean uh, since 2020, I said you know three or four years since 2020, I said we're going to see cellular um, uh, agriculture uh, on on uh, on the plates. You know, forget uh, um, uh, Singapore. God bless them, but you know, Singapore is tiny compared to what way ahead of the of the world. Oh yeah, way ahead. But what I want to see is is in the U.S. I want to see it in Europe. I want to see it in 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 the Middle East. I want to see it in bigger economies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's where we're approaching. And we're seeing that, and they're they're mentioning, and they're they're saying they're going to see uh, cultivated meat on plates this year. That's super exciting. In and, restaurants? And probably in restaurants, yeah. And I would think so. An option. Yeah, I don't think it'll be in retail for sure. I think it'll be restaurants. And I think it's a perfect uh, way to do it. This is exactly with the way um, uh, Beyond Meat did it. Uh, okay. So they went to the restaurants first, and then they went heavy on retail. It's good because if you try it, you like it, then you buy it on the retail level. That's exactly it's right. It's a good entry to market. That's exactly right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You posted something on Instagram yesterday that I really like. I want to read it out. Sure. All right. It spoke to me. It's like, wow, that's that's... Why, why aren't we talking about this uh, in a way to combat greenhouse effects and, and all that? You said meat consumption must drop by seven. You didn't say the post. Did you, did you say this or did was it a, a, a repost? Uh, it was a repost from... From Vegan News. Yeah, for, uh, Veggie News. Veggie News. Yeah. Apologies. Um, my English is off today. <laughs> um, meat consumption must drop by 75% for planet to survive study finds. Okay, yeah, Meat that's... consumption has to drop by 75 That means three out of every four people has to... Eliminate meat yes. from from there, which is just good luck. But that, but see, that's the thing. And God, Veggie News is amazing. I love Veggie News. I've worked with them before. I like their editors. I like I, I like their publication. I love their message. Um, that study, you cannot draw that conclusion from that study because that's a false conclusion. That's an unrealistic conclusion, and that will never happen for the rest of my life, for my kids' life, and their kids' life. People are going to start keep eating meat for the for the for the until the end of time. Period. So that conclusion is false. What they should have said is what I what I actually said. <laughs> he said, or <laughs> five R's. I love it. Another way of saying this is meat consumption from cell-based sources need to grow for the planet to survive. 
set realistic goals, the one above will never happen. It'll never happen. I mean, uh, the, the way you eliminate eating um, uh, meat is by eliminating not the source of eating meat, but the way that it's sourced. Yeah, so plant-based alternatives is there, uh, cultivated meat is there, and that's how you reduce uh, um, 70% of meat consumption, of traditional meat consumption. It's like a substitution. It is, it's 100% substitution. It's a $2 trillion market, it's a huge market. Um, meat. Uh, meat, yeah, yeah. $2 trillion, and it's all, market. Two trillion market. And it's growing, and it's growing. It's not, it's not going to, it's not, it's not going to uh, slow down. It's like the dairy market. Dairy market, dairy is... We keep seeing all these headlines, these false headlines, and I hate to say it, these false headlines are saying um, um, non-dairy milks are replacing uh, dairy milks, and, and uh, they're, they're much more on the shelves, and, and they're eating up from that market. They are absolutely not. Dairy milk is going to be around for the rest of humanity. Um, and as a matter of fact, we have our one of our companies, uh, absolute uh, rock star company, uh, Turtle Tree Labs, who's doing uh, cellular agriculture for dairy. Wow. And what they're th- what they're seeing from the partnerships that they're trying to do with the big dairy companies is that they're not they're not even remotely um, worried about the non dairy industry. Not even remotely. As a matter of fact, they're actually growing their market share and growing the market um, of of consuming dairy. Um, throughout the next, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. So they're fine. You can come in with your non-dairy uh, milk and that won't even scratch the surface on what uh, the, the dairy industry really is, um, uh, how big it is. So um, you're having these huge conglomerates, not worried about this. So what are you having? You're having companies that are focusing on solutions rather than just replacing uh, dairy milk. And what they're doing is they're getting dairy from uh, cell-based uh, um, uh, cultivation uh, and uh, producing milk that uh, and producing cheese for everyone to um, to uh, to enjoy. So it's not just meat; it's anything that is produced from a cow can can uh, cellular agriculture substitute for. So butter, milk, meat. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So other things. Maybe. Cells cells are just the building blocks of what meat is. So basically, you take a cell, whether it's from a gland that produces the milk uh, for for an animal, and then you grow those cells, and they secrete milk, and that's how you make literally. That's how you make um, um, cultivated milk. Okay. Same thing with um, with uh, cell agriculture. You take a, a feather, and you'd have some cells on there from the chicken. And then you use that to grow um, uh, some uh, chicken breast, for example. And, and that's sustainable. It takes three weeks to grow. It takes 90%, 99% less water, 90% land, um, I think 80-something percent less energy. And it's just more efficient. The industry is going to move towards that um, period. It, it just will. The thing is, is just when are they going to do it? Now, is there a timeline? Is there a ticking bomb? I'm not the biggest fan of uh, of of of, um, of uh, scaring people into changing their habits. They're not going to. Um, but the fact of the matter is that these industries are taking a huge bite out of the out of this industry slowly but surely, and it's going to happen. It's just that they had the 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 the, ind- the regulator re- the regulators need to catch on. So that these industries can actually replace traditional meat with cellular agriculture and and uh, and uh, uh, dairy um, with uh, uh, cellular agriculture dairy. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I could see why 
you and your your instinctive response to that was wait one second it's so much easier to substitute it with this than to ask 75% of meat eaters in the world to stop eating meat yeah, I'm going to. You, know, you have a substitute that is far more likely to be an easier way to reach your goal yeah how far into, when was cell ag or cellular agriculture, when was it invented? How far? Cell ag has been out, out for decades. And that's, that, that, that's been done through, um, through, how to start a gym. They've been doing that on the operating tables for, for, uh, for, to grow um, organs. 70s, 80s? Uh, this has been a long time. I'm not sure exactly Around, when, but, huh? but decades ago. Wow. And then you just have to, and it's just like everything else. You have to take uh, what has been done for so many years, and then you can just manipulate it in a way to, to, to create a new industry. And that's how Celag was, was created. And uh, the first Celag uh, meatball was done, I think, 2007, 2005, wow. something like that. And it was the famous... Um, five hundred thousand dollar meatball uh, uh, from the Netherlands, um, and then slowly but surely you're getting that price down to what roughly could be about maybe um, uh, maybe hundred percent um, more expensive or two hundred percent more expensive um, uh, per pound for meat and uh, and uh, in cellular agriculture. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily there yet, but we're very very close, and we're talking about. Um, uh, a thousand times more expensive, three thousand times more expensive, and in the next um, and and um, in the past four years or five years that passed, the number has shrunk down to what a hundred percent, double the price. So we're shrinking the number down very significantly, very fast. Kind of like organic vegetable and, and food in general. Oh, it's yeah. very expensive when it hits Saudi shelves. No one was buying it. I mean, okay, because we're a, we're a, we're a country that imports ninety percent of our food. If we had uh, the ability to grow uh, crops here um, uh, naturally and organically uh, in Saudi, it'll be a lot less expensive, and that's mm -hmm. why we need to start investing into sell into uh, vertical, vertical farming, farming. Yeah. Uh, vertical farming, uh, and and all of its um, 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 subsidiaries when it comes to uh, higher. Um, 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 I forget the, the the name of the the, the type of growing that they do uh, hydroponics. So hydroponics and other types of um, of ways to grow vegetables that can be in a, a source too. We have to start investing into these inventions so that we can start getting into the uh, get, get, getting them into Saudi Arabia and investing, happily investing in those inventions. Yeah. That is well said. <laughs> and it's happening. You know, we're seeing PIF doing that through uh, the uh, the um, the SoftBank um, uh, investments that they've done through plenty. I want to say. So there's a lot of uh, there are companies that are that are coming here. I think one of them I forget the name of the company that's out of um, uh, Abu Dhabi. Uh, I hate that I, I forget its name, but um, it's one of the leading companies that's doing uh, this type of um, farming, and it's one of the leading ones in the region right now. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, they left the U.S. to come to the Middle East just to open up here in the Middle East, just to show how important the Middle East is for that uh, for that market. I know that uh, there are a bunch of companies that, that are looking to or started working on that here in Saudi. Mm -hmm. um, I know Jenna Farms and uh, and Azka as well. Mm -hmm. They have you know their 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 own farms where they're really for the first time we have the farm to to pretty much table system, yeah. which is something that we never had because mm -hmm. we'd always have to end up going to these supermarkets. Yeah. So it's it's an industry that you feel will put us in a position where we're importing less oh yeah i think uh i think by the i think um if you honestly ask me then 2000 and 2035 
the Middle East will will probably import 30% of its food rather than 80% or 90% by of its food. by what year you think 35 by 35 I think so yeah there's we still have a long way to go to to start growing other crops uh, rather than just leafy greens uh, we need uh, we need um, uh, the ability to grow um, uh, some sort of um, veg and other vegetable and and um, and fruits uh, but uh, leafy greens are not going to just cut it if you know what I mean so mm-hmm. we're doing tomatoes we're doing um, uh, strawberries there's a I mean there's a lot more food than than yeah. than, than those totally so th- I, th- I think uh, the Middle East has got a long way to go but making the right investments to the right companies and really investing in innovation rather than uh, regulation will have a big impact on the on food security here in, uh, in the Middle East yeah um, I just love that we're taking food more seriously we're seeing it more as a nutritional, supplement as opposed to a stress reliever mm-hmm. there is there is that that the literacy is better people are being more educated about food yeah. what, how do i know that the amount of times as i'm flipping through instagram i see people not just in saudi but in the region talking about nutrition talking yeah. about what you should eat and you should not eat yeah. there's better awareness i feel today there's a lot better awareness we're seeing a lot of um a health coach um, um actual health coach um 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 people come out on social media and really give out really good recommendations. We're seeing companies taking responsibility and really um, uh, either publicizing uh, the amount of calories on this, what they can substitute for eating something else. Um, and there's a lot more awareness. And again, the internet has just opened up uh, doors for people just to just to have a much better understanding on 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 food. And one pe- one person's opinion could differ than another person's opinion. And I have the right to look at the, your your opinion and someone else's opinion, then form my own conclusion. Yeah. And that's the beauty of um, of the internet. That's the beauty of having uh, platforms like Twitter, like Instagram, um, and and just Google in general. Totally. Yeah. Was it Aero Farms by any chance? Aero Farms. There Thank it is. you. Exactly. All right. yeah. yeah. It was Aero Farms. Yeah. I did a bit of Googling while you were. No, good. Thank <laughs> you. Because they, they, they deserve it. They're so good. I, I was on a panel with them on FII. So a super nice guy and uh, absolutely uh, amazing gentleman. We've worked with him on, um, on just um, communicating a lot with how important food security is here in the region. And I absolutely applaud him for um, taking the huge step of of of, uh, of moving his company here in the Middle East and just knowing that one the Middle East needs it and two the Middle East wants this type of uh, technology to, to to exist and succeed and he's been uh, he's been on a roll for um, that company's been on a roll for I think the last uh, three rounds they've uh, they've closed them very successfully and they're they're actually uh, in in stores as we speak all right in the, yeah. UA- in the UAE in the UAE they're also uh, closing it. They were closing about three, four months ago. So I'm pretty sure they closed deals here in Saudi to start farming here in Saudi too. Because that's going to be my next question. Are they going to enter the biggest market? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. You can't enter the Middle East without entering Saudi. There's, yeah. It makes yeah. zero sense. Yeah. That should really go a long way to help us. I mean, you said we expo- we import 90%. Oh, 90% of our food that's is imported. It is way too much. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about food security. That's a, that's an issue. It's a problem. Yeah. Thank God in COVID, you know, the, the shelves were still stacked. Because not every country were as fortunate. Dodge the bullet, I'm telling you. I mean, we uh, thank Alhamdulillah, we've got we've got amazing government, really, um, uh, really ready for 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 any uh, for any issues with Plan A, Plan B, with with backup plans and everything. So the government was definitely aware of these issues, and they definitely got stocked uh, piled way before uh, um, uh, this this uh, this um, pandemic exploded, mm-hmm. um, or the reaction to the pandemic exploded mm-hmm. rather. So um, a year and a half. Huh? Yeah. 
Yeah. For a long time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Especially with lockdown, especially with the month and month and a half that we had to stay home. So that was, that was a big issue too. So I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that, um, uh, we're, we're starting to put a lot of the, um, a lot of the, a lot of our power and resources into areas that really matter yeah. to me. That's definitely ag- agriculture in us and UK shelves were empty. They were right. Yeah. I yeah. saw it. I saw it on TV. I was very, I was very proud of the country. I was like, I mean, these first world countries are having problems with supply. And, yeah. And here we are, you know, once a week I go to the supermarket, like we don't have that problem. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. yeah. Since you came on last, Twitter was acquired by uh, <laughs> none other than Elon Musk. Were you were you uh, were you for this when you heard that he's interested in buying? How did you react to the okay, initial? Okay, so put two hats on here. Okay, um, if you if you're talking to me about an um, uh, an investment side, then everyone wants a higher return. Everyone, and you typically never accept the first offer. Period. It's just easy. Yeah. Now, Elon did make it very clear that this is his first and only offer on the table, which he was right. And 54 bucks. 54 bucks a yeah. share, yeah, and change. Yeah. And just a natural business move just to not accept the first offer. Regardless of that, let's put the financial side of the financial part of it aside because I don't really, it is what yeah. it is. Um, from my point of view, it's a terrific thing. Honestly, for me, it's a terrific thing. How so? Uh, um, I think there are, it's a dual-edged sword. I think Elon is one of the most important figures of our time. Love him or hate him, I don't really care. He's one of the most important figures of our time. I agree. Uh, he's he's revolutionized the uh, the automotive industry. He's revolutionized the space industry. He's about to revolutionize uh, surgery uh, industry with neurosurgery and everything, um, and other businesses that he's into. I didn't hear about uh, the the neurosurgery. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, as well. Neuralink. Look wow. into Neuralink. Okay. Uh, it's it's it's. Um, I love talking to you. You give me so much information that that, that makes me feel smarter. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, yeah, Neuralink is is, is the one. It's it's um, it's controversial. Fine, but at the end of the day, the uh, the end result is, is something that people are definitely going to um, are definitely going to appreciate, especially when it comes to the people who are who have who have been affected by um, paralysis of some sort. But regardless of that, digressing here, um, I think Twitter is one of the most important platforms uh, in the world. I think it is the um, the, the world town hall. Um, and it. I think f- uh, freedom of speech is imperative. I think it's super important. And I think Elon knows how important it, it is. And do I, re- do I necessarily un- um, um, agree with how Twitter has been conducting itself in the past years with silencing some people and not silencing some people. I'm not talking about politics. I'm just talking in general. Uh, No, Uh, I think people need to hear two sides of the story. I I don't care if you think you're right and you think your your idea is just the right way to do it and other ways are are not are wrong, especially when it comes to COVID stuff. And I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate a lot of the medical advice that we're hearing from our, uh, for some, so many uh, reputable um, doctors. But you also cannot just say it's my way or the highway. People are not going to accept that. Now, does that mean that your idea is right and other people's wrong? Yes, that could be. Your idea could be 100% right. The earth is flat. No, it ain't. But <laughs> flat earthers are also on Twitter saying <laughs> the earth is flat. So if people are saying um other um other things uh, related to whatever then they have the right to say so that's what that's what freedom of speech is you have the right to refute it they have the right to refute what you're refuting and that's the beauty of the internet that's why i think 
Twitter is super important. And that's why I applaud um, Elon Musk for buying Twitter. Now, does that mean he's going to do everything that he said he's going to do um, uh, with freedom of speech? Now, the, the time is going to tell. Time is going to tell. You know, um, from what I, from I've, what I've seen at least from all the interviews that he's done prior to buying Twitter, years before buying Twitter, is how important freedom of speech is for him. Then that's great. I think Twitter needs to be uh, needs, needs needs to have this sort of um, um, this sort of shuffle because um, they silence people. They do. Trump's I mean, account was was yeah, Trump's suspended. account was suspended. Now, mm. now, now, granted, for for whatever reason they did it and everything, I'm not going to get into politics, and I don't really care. That's 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 another issue that I'm not going to get into politics mm. with. Um, I do care that uh, that security is a huge issue, and I do care that rallying people up uh, to to do uh, violent things is 100 percent wrong and needs to be dealt with. Same thing as uh, as um, as uh, shouting fire in a movie theater. That's not that's not that's not freedom of speech. You can go to jail for that. You can't call I don't know bomb on a on a plane. Yeah. You go to jail for that. That's not freedom of speech. Same thing with with rallying up people and and doing violent things. That's wrong. It's disturbing the peace. Exactly. <clears throat> now whether that was done or not is another subject. I'm just giving you a general idea mm-hmm. of what I think freedom of speech needs to needs to be. Now who moderates that? That's my issue. So having one person, one person controlling the world's town hall, it's, it's a tough, tough pill to swallow. But then again, we've seen what a board um, was doing to control this world town hall. And I don't think it was done really well. That's what it was. It was yeah. a board. On the it was a board. Time. Yeah. The, the, the board of directors, basically. Yeah. So um, would, is Elon going to be better? Time will tell. I can't. I don't know. Uh, I've just seen a, a track record of of, of 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 a man creating businesses and being very successful at them. It's true. Um, I've yeah. also seen uh, a man um, um, promise a lot of promises for delivering del- car deliveries and Teslas and everything, and not doing them. So there's a lot of things that happen over there that uh, there are there are a lot of things being said that uh, don't necessarily come true. But at the end of the day, I think Twitter is super important for the world. I think people need to have a a platform to speak freely. Um, um, and I think it's a good thing. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm 100% team Elon when it comes to that and other things. I, I'm a big admirer of him. Yeah. I, I think one of the reasons that he couldn't keep up with deliveries is because the demand was so high. He couldn't churn out enough of the product that people are dying to have. Then don't make the promise. Is that what he did? He, oh, yeah. he promised X amount? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it, it, I understand why, why, why someone would do that. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Tesla is, at the end of the day, I mean, it's not necessarily a startup now, uh, but it is the only EV company out there that's as success, the most successful car company in the world. Correct. I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> insane. And it didn't happen by fluke. It happened because he knew what the heck he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's covering his basis when it comes to uh, luxury, when it comes to um, affordable um, uh, cars, when it comes to semi-trucks, when it comes to the ultra um, uh, high net worth uh, um, uh, supercars. So they're all they're all there. You have to you have to manage well. Mm-hmm. And OK, the, the Tesla Roaster is what, four years too late. Big deal. You know what I mean? The thing is. People are just going to look at what he said four years ago, five years ago, saying the Tesla Roadster is going to be um, on the roads on 2020. 2020 rolls by, nothing happens. 2021, nothing like that happens. 2022, nothing happens. And for sure, 23, nothing. Well, not for sure, but most likely it's not going to happen. Regardless of that, that's what they're going to hold on to. Yeah. And he's <clears throat> smart. He knows that. 
he knows that people are going to hold on to things that he said before that never really came to fruition. And when it comes to Twitter, why should we trust you with, with Twitter? I think it's a different thing. I think being late on a certain uh, vehicle to come onto the market is a little different than controlling the World Town Hall and um, and um, talking about how important freedom of speech is and not necessarily delivering on that on that message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First uh, tweet he came he uh, he um, he um, he tweeted after the deal went through is that he invited all of his critics to stay on the platform um, and um, and um, and criticize. Because at the end of the day, that's what freedom of speech is. Interesting. It's, it's super. And again, I'm 100% team, team alone when it comes to I think that. it's in a better place now going forward. I mean, honestly, I think, being again, being a private company, having no regulation, having no uh, no one no one but Elon to, to control, people might have a hard time uh, swallowing that, a hard time swallowing that, that, that pill. But for me, I just look at the, the track record before. I look at everything that he's done before, and I can't help but feel good about this uh, this um, uh, this takeover. Yeah, you know he made electric cars exciting when many of the car buffs thought that we're about to enter a very boring era with uh, with cars. Oh yeah, he made it very exciting. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it started with the the first roaster, which was a uh, Lotus chassis. Yeah, and it was the fastest thing ever. Yeah, and then that's how he started the financing to to come up with the Model S, and then obviously everything else that came out. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd like to have if if that's the future of EVs, yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to have one. And I'm a car guy. I, oh, yeah. I thought that's the end of the combustion engine is the end of fun. Oh yeah. No, yeah. not true. Exactly. Not exactly. True. Yep. And now with Lucid, um, I think it was PIF or I don't know who it was, but our government just made an order yesterday, mm-hmm. hundred thousand vehicles, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's exciting because we get to see electric cars in Saudi, the infrastructure will come and and you really feel that the movement towards a greener future here in Saudi is something that is going to be a reality 100%. very soon. 100%. We're seeing, um, <coughs> we're seeing uh, we're seeing um, uh, some fascinating moves when it comes to uh, these these alternative inv- alternative industry investments. We're not looking at these uh, these investments that got, that happen on um, on on the traditional banking and and, and and other sectors. We're looking at some a startup that PIF owns north of fifty percent of. Uh, they for sure own the majority of. And now you're having one of the inshallah one of the leading um, EV companies in the world. Um, uh, a Saudi company. Yeah. That's EV. That's insane. They're pretty cars. They're it's, good it's beautiful oh, cars. Very nice. They're beautiful cars. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's slightly positioned more luxurious yeah. than Tesla. Is that what I'm getting? It is. Okay. It is. Yeah, they are more expensive. Okay. Um, maybe at par with the most expensive uh, Model S that you can get. Um, but I think even the less expensive ones. Um, I forget what they're called. Something. The Dream Edition was the uh, the top one, and the, I forget what the other one is called. Uh, but they have two tiers. Yeah. Um, just just to start, and, yeah. and obviously going to roll off some roll roll out some new models. As well. I love the idea of that, and yeah. I like that there's a hundred thousand. I like that they're coming here. I like that they're going to assemble uh, cars here. Yeah, plants will be here. It's super. It's, that's that's more simple. I've I've been hearing about this plants these these car companies coming into Saudi for at least a better part of a decade. And they least. never did. Never do. They never did. Never do all yeah. this, all yeah. this, and never yeah. do. And now at least, you know, PF put uh, put their money where their mouth is, yeah. and now they're uh, they're definitely they're coming here um, uh, with an EV car yeah. in Saudi. It's pretty cool. And it's, it's crazy. And the most, I, I think just Saudi really, what, what they need right now is I think the government needs to, the Ministry of Transportation needs to mandate every 
um, gas station to have a uh, a charger. Absolutely, they have to mandate that. Definitely. And as soon as you do, then you're then you'll normalize mm-hmm. having uh, an EV. Yeah. I drive an EV in Riyadh. Um, I'm lucky that I don't take far uh, uh, far drives. Um, but again, it's 400 kilometers, 450 kilometers um, uh, per charge. So I'm I'm not worried about anything. Uh, but people still still do get um, range anxiety, and once you got you, once you start getting um, Model Threes in there, when you start getting the smaller EVs with 150 uh, kilometers range, you want to have a charger that's accessible anywhere that you drive, not just necessarily at home. Mm-hmm. And that's just the only thing that's missing, and I'm sure that's going to come very soon, especially with them buying, um, owning um, uh, Lucid. Yeah. yeah. Are you uh, reading any books at this time? Are you much of a reader? I am. I've got a bunch of books that I've downloaded on iBooks that I've uh, been listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I feel like that's um, a faster way to uh, to go through books and actually just learn a little better because I like to write also what everything I'm listening to and, and make notes. Um, right now, I'm in the middle of um, um, Peter Peter Diamantes' uh, book um, Abundance. Fascinating. Um, if you you should you should read it. It's really really good. Um, but I'm reading a bunch of other books that um, that I have on my uh, on my iPad right now. Someone told me about abundance. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you make time for it? Like, do you put an hour aside every day or two? No, I don't. I um, I, I do it on the car in the car whenever I'm uh, driving. Um, oddly enough, I actually do it when I'm um, um, working out. So I listen to either ebooks when I'm. Uh, doing a long session of cardio, for example, okay. I do that. Uh, maybe on uh, maybe a podcast, I'd listen to podcasts and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do try to get as many as I can um, and just make it productive. Um, sitting down and reading a book, um, I've none. I've, I've, uh, it's pretty hard for me to do that. Yeah, I didn't need to do something. So um, I'm, I'm much more of a listener. So I like to do that. As a matter of fact, on on, on Peter's book. Um, I was so fascinating with with the first chapter that I decided to not listen to it in the car anymore. I'd listen to it when I'm working or when I'm sitting down or when I'm watching TV or anything. I probably mute the TV I, just so that I can start writing down all the things that all the points that they're making because it's so interesting and it's very important that people actually understand understand where we are in this world uh, compared to what um, uh, where where people perceive we are in this world with all the urgency that we're seeing. Um, and, and, and and how bad things are that we have them right now. It's just totally not. That's one of the problems with audiobooks, which is where I get my uh, my, my book listening or book reading from. The issue with that is you can't take notes. Mm-hmm. Just listening is half of the battle. Yeah. You need to take some takeaways. Exactly. Apply those learnings into your life. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Um, when you, uh, you know, take a second and, and, and visualize the future um, or the future that your girls are going to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, uh, are you more optimistic or are you more anxious with what the future could unfold? I'm really optimistic. I'll be honest with you. You know, I've seen so many, um, so many studies and, and, and read a lot of, um, a lot of material that, that how dire um, things are and how important we are, uh, how important this, this time is uh, and this point of no return and all that. Fine. It's just not going to motivate. Pe- no, it's not going to mo- motivate me to do anymore. I'm doing everything that I can. I don't think it's going to motivate people to do anymore. However, I think we need to have a shift in mentality, a shift in consciousness when it comes to people um, um, understanding 
how important it is to move forward, uh, but not because it's just dire to move forward. I, I think there's a mentality right now that we can only we can only save our species if it's economically feasible. No, you know I think I I think um, I think there's a little more important um, uh, things to do uh, in this world rather than just think about is it economically feasible. Um, now, granted, do I think that uh, governments need to just pour money into um, into an endless pit and think and hope that uh, solar is going to catch on very soon and, and wind is going to no it's not I think people are going to have to really understand that when it comes to climate change for example um, I think governments need to need to understand that uh, nuclear is one of the most important and one of the most viable uh, solutions out there and then they can be supported by wind and uh, by by wind and solar. Uh, and then weaning ourselves out uh, from from fossil fuel. I think that'll that'll take decades before that'll happen. Um, we've seen um, we've seen Germany go through this exercise just uh, recently when they uh, they're, they're shutting down their um, the nuclear reactors and, and and they're focusing on wind. People's um, uh, electricity bills shot up. Who's paying the price? No, the government's not paying the price. The people, people are paying the price for that. So I think it needs to happen slowly. It shouldn't happen just just all of a sudden. We haven't heard one. Well, maybe one natural disaster that we've heard with the flood that happened in Germany recently. Um, but we don't hear of many natural disasters happening in Germany. So they don't have um, 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 earthquakes and, and, and whatnot. And they don't have tsunamis over there. So it makes zero sense for me to shut down nuclear power plants just because it's dangerous, because of um, uh, natural disasters that may occur. History has proven that that's not, that hasn't happened. Now, granted, there are a lot smarter people than I am making these decisions. Fine, and I'm and I'm not criticizing them. I'm just pointing out that I don't think um, closing down nuclear uh, reactors is the, is the smartest thing right now, especially when you have countries like UAE, like Saudi, like China, um, hopefully like the U.S. soon, who will start um, 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 either turning back on these uh, reactors that are that have been off or actually just going into uh, new technologies that are um, that, that support nuclear uh, um, safer nuclear uh, reaction um, and, and people are still afraid from that and granted it's, it's, it's a scary thing I mean yeah. Fukushima was one scary part um, um, Chernobyl, Chernobyl another another scary yeah. part yes yeah, fine but a negative that. connotation the word nuclear right people Very, don't understand it exactly yeah. exactly. But the thing is, right now, it's different than the 1960s. It's different than the 1950s. It's a lot safer now. It's a lot more controlled environment now. Um, we're having, uh, I forget what the name of the company is that Bill Gates invested in, uh, that they're going to have a trial in, in France very soon. It was going to happen, actually, in, in, Fran in, um, in China. And it was very close to closing. Um, and happening, but uh, the China uh, issue happened with uh, Trump and China and all the um, the um, uh, the trade issues that they had, and they had to close that uh, that um, that opportunity and open it up somewhere else. Luckily, he was friends, but um, it's just the smartest way to go. And I think that's really that's that's the really important thing. Is going back to your question, is how am I optimistic? I am very optimistic into the in, in the future. I think a lot of things are going to. A lot of the um, the areas that are affecting climate change are being addressed in a very um, meaningful and systematic way um, when it comes to animal agriculture, when it comes to um, uh, motor vehicles and airplanes. And we just invested in a company that does um, um, uh, this electrifying airplanes. I think that's a really important thing to do. 
but again, that's just part of it. We have construction that's 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 contributing heavily into the um, uh, into uh, uh, into the atmosphere. We're having um, um, other issues that are that are out of our control, really, when it comes to um, um, when it comes to em emitting um, CO two and methane into the air. They're out of our control now because that's the system that we're living in right now. We are going to control them as soon as we start adopting um, uh, innovation and technology to solve these issues. And this is why I'm optimistic. I think, I think as soon as you start getting the private sector involved into these um, industries, into these solutions, and having the government being some sort of the regulator, but also fast approving these, these technologies, I think that's when we're going to, we're going to see the biggest um, impact, yeah. impact on this. And it happened. I I'm sorry, I I, I forget uh, the name, but tell me, I'll Google it. The uh, the you know, the the U.S. Uh, through the the um, the Department of Energy and NIH uh, National Health Institute, um, um, National Institute of Health, um, did this program to sequence the the human genome. Ten billion dollars since 1990. Um, in the year 2000, um, they've they've gone maybe 90 percent of the way. I forget the name of the uh, the gentleman, um, Dr. Mellon. I forget what his name is, but um, a businessman through the private sector uh, um, sequenced the human genome in less than one year for about a hundred for less than a hundred million dollars. That is the beauty of the, and importance of the private sector. This private sector can move a lot faster than governments, mm -hmm. and it's a lot cheaper than governments. Just governments need to give the rein to the to private sector and the trust to the private sector to do the right thing. And I think they will. It's just that governments are never going to solve these issues. I think private sector is going to solve these issues. And I think the the the, uh, the speed of which innovation is moving is really something that's reassuring for me. So it's an empowering, like governments need to empower the, the, the public, the private sector to to carry out things that they would have never allowed them to carry out. And that's 100% right. And they just need <clears throat> to approve things faster. Okay. I mean, I understand that people, that, that the government needs to be need to be assured and and, and and double check and triple check and quadruple check, but it's bureaucratic. It's it's, it's these these same systems have been put in place since the 1960s and haven't changed now. And the world has changed right now. It's like education. Education has changed right now, and so still it's, we're going. Our, our kids are going to school and still memorizing garbage. It's insane. Um, um, that bothers me, by the way. The whole, it it the bothers way that, me big that, time. Yeah. I mean, that's how that's a whole other rant I can go through. Um, I think in Japan, kids go to school at the age of five or six for the first time ever. There's no nursery. There's no pre. Mm -hmm. They start a lot later yeah. than the rest of the world. And something about Japan that makes me feel that they just do things the right way. Mm -hmm. uh, because the child needs to develop for the first couple of years. Yeah. Let him, you know, just, you know, figure out things on his own. Yeah. Um, the, the schooling system never really works for me because yeah. I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Well, you know why? It's, it's it's one system for all. It makes no sense. You have a different uh, mentality to solve the X problem. I have another, another mentality to solve X. And we're asked to use one way to solve X. It makes no sense. And then you're being penalized for not doing it the way that um, the way that it's supposed to be done, sure. supposed to be done. It makes zero sense. I've, I've honestly thought about this a hundred times more. I've thought about it a thousand times of actually just pulling my kids out and just homeschooling them. The thing is, homeschooling is not um, not approved, but it's not um, 
accredited not accredited here in Saudi so it's, <clears throat> it's it's unfortunately not a good thing and then you go into another issue of of just uh, socially isolating your kids so that's another issue so, yeah. i understand that but i'd rather socially i'm sorry but i'd rather socially isolate my my kids and having them have a proper education than going through the garbage they they, they can school and and think that this is a good way to learn it's just, it's just not right yep what about segregating based on intelligence? Explain to me how that makes sense. That's such a good one. You know? <laughs> I heard about it. I was it. always in the dumbest class in math. Yeah. It's like, you, you, bad eggs, please do not interrupt those who are going to go Ivy League. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and look, when it comes to me, I would be okay with that. You know, I would say, okay, fine. I'm not going to be part of that. Uh, part of the elite class because I was never an A student and right? I was B, C uh, a student, if anything. And that's with cheating. I'm kidding. So... <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> so uh, if they were to do that, I understand how bad it would be for for uh, for the. I mean, the word segregation is definitely a, a, a negative connotation, yeah. but um, you, you you definitely you're definitely hurting a lot of feelings when it comes to that. At the end of the day, it's exactly like sports. If you excel in sports, you're one, two, and three. If you don't excel in sports, you're four, five, and six, seven, and nobody knows who the hell you are. And that's fine. Um, I, I'm, I'm on the board of that. I'm okay with that. At the end of the day, um, I, don't, I tell my girls, you can't be anything you want. What are you good at? That's what you can be. You can sure. be anything that you want. You can have a passion for something, fine. Uh, and uh, I'd support your passion. But you, but you can, um, if, you're, if you're bad at, I don't know, if, you're, if you have bad eye-hand coordination, and I want to be a I want to be a golfer. Well, you're never in your life going to be a golfer yeah. if you have bad eye hand coordination. It's simple as that. And um, you'd get them to try it, and they'd fail one, two, and three, and then they'd move on to something mm. else. Um, but that's just my way of thinking. Very stressful, by the way. That's very stressful. And imagine what it is for kids too, because they want they want to please their parents. Mm. They don't feel good when they're getting a D. They don't feel good True. when they're getting I don't know a four out of a sixteen. They definitely don't feel don't feel good. And what are you going to do to help them? You're going to give them more school after school. Yeah. What kind of life is that? You know, you know that um, there is a statistic for suicides due to A levels in the UK. A levels. There was a girl. There was a girl in my school uh, when I was in England. She committed suicide, and <sighs> and the general notion was it, it was you know we, we, it was leading up to A levels, and it was just too difficult. Yeah. Um, and that was just in my school, but there there is there is a situation or there is a statistic um, of uh, of A levels and uh, and committing suicide in schools. That's I'm I'm not, I'm not shocked at that, and I'm sad uh, that that's a reality. I'll be honest with you, and I remember. <laughs> I remember us getting so mad at the A students because they would get an A minus at something. I'm like, you, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I get that. I think the pressure is on them so much from parents, totally. from society, yeah. from yeah. from from the environment that they're in. Yeah. That it just they don't just don't. They, it's harder to um, to cope with these with these uh, with these, especially mm. when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, and don't get me started with uh, with with college and everything. I mean, college is it's great and all for the experience, but what are you uh, going into two hundred thousand dollars in debt as soon as you leave college? It takes twenty years to make yeah. a college degree profitable. Yeah, get a get a Ridiculous. good degree. Yeah. I mean, get a degree that's useful. You yeah, know, something that you can apply. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then you can pay it. You can pay back uh, that 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 loan a lot faster. But uh, um, going into an Ivy League school straight away without a scholarship. 
just to have that badge on your name. And that's a system that uh, the, the employment system is running on. It's that um, uh, all these top companies are rewarding so many people for go going into these Ivy League schools. Mm -hmm. And these kids are just are 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 100% um, failing at that at that level, 100%. The majority of them are going to fail at that level because not everyone's going to make it into J.P. Morgan, into uh, Morgan Stanley, into Citibank, into uh, um, Goldman Sachs, and all these companies. Have you seen that show Suits? I have. I, have I, I bet you there me. are law firms yeah. out there that only because they only hire Harvard grads. Mm -hmm. I bet you there are law, uh, there are law firms out there that only hire from school X. hundred percent. Or else they wouldn't have they wouldn't have made that story. Unspoken, based. but hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, they get sued out of their ass. But yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So people go for the name as opposed to what you would gain from going there. Yeah. It's a bit unfair to those who went to like Yale or you know Dartmouth or these other amazing schools that you know. You can't get a job there because you didn't go to Harvard. Well, yeah. It's, oh it's yeah, fun. yeah. I remember going. <laughs> I remember going to Dartmouth just to see the the campus because I was actually going to do my MBA, um, and uh, I remember the drive. We were in Boston. We drove all the way to Dartmouth and back, and a friend of mine was next to me, and we were, we were looking at it together. And he looked at me. I was like, "Listen, if you go to the school, I'll never speak to you for the rest of my life." Like, <laughs> why? Like, there's nothing here. Connecticut, <laughs> yeah, middle of nowhere. It was middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, granted, I went to um, um, University of New Haven in Connecticut, so that was middle of nowhere. Mm. But still, um, it's just—it's not a life that some people aspire yeah. to. You know, yeah, they just yeah. want to have some. They want to have some. Uh, uh, they want to do something else other than just being in class. Correct. They want to be in Manhattan. Yeah. 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 Well, Khaled, thank you so much for uh, for coming through for the second time. It's uh, a pleasure, Allah. And let it not be the last. No, inshallah. Uh, just, you know, with the way things are evolving in your life, there's always something interesting to talk about. Do you enjoy yourself? I did, Allah. Thank yeah. you very much, Allah. I loved having, being here, Allah. Wallahi. Great conversation. Yes, well, the time yeah. flies, yeah. Allah. Here. No, it is. I think yeah. we just touched 60 minutes or so. Uh, anything you want to leave us with before uh, we let you go? I know you have to fly out tonight. Yeah. Uh, any closing words to uh, the viewers? No, I mean, uh, thank you very much for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope um, give us some feedback on the comments because I'll read them. Um, uh, I'm sorry I'm not speaking in Arabic, but um, it's translated. <laughs> you know who you are, but um, um, you know who you are. <laughs> but anyway, um, just send some feedback on the comments. Yeah. I'd love to read them and I'll see if I can come back next time and actually have something that people are more interested Please. in. Let me know when you're in Jid the next time. For sure, man. Thank you. All We'd right. love to get a, get together other than here. Too. Yes, I would love that more than anything. Good. Thanks so Good much. Good seeing you. God Take bless. care. You be. Cheers. Bye. <clears throat> That's fun. That was fun. Yeah, that was good. Thank you.